0: Welcome to the Football Coaching Life, a podcast brought to you by Football Coaches Australia and Making Media, the podcast professionals. These are the conversations, the stories and the insights of Australia's men and women football coaches, the people that we um, make accountable for developing our players and teams. In the main, these stories haven't been told and that's the reason of the podcast. We're honoured and blessed today to have um, Ex Matilda, former no, not ex. You're never an ex. You're a former Matilda, Heather Garriott. Heather's also the vice president of Football Coaches Australia, a legend in Matilda's realms. 130 games. I can't even begin to comprehend how. Um, and I actually let me finish introducing, and I'll come back. I'll come back to the the bit in the middle. Heather's played here in Australia, where she's won championships uh, when she was with N-Swiss, uh, and then with Sydney uh, Sydney FC in the Women's League. Played in in uh, Denmark. Uh, in Sweden, in the USA, been to three World Cups, two Asian Cups, where she won one, and a couple of Olympic Games as well. Um, add, add in some some coaching once you finish playing at um, Sydney University, Hel- uh, Hel- where you won um, uh, a championship, and I, I love the progression of, of that, and then also with the W League and Canberra United. So we're honoured today to have Heather Garrett. Welcome to the Football Coaching Life.
1: I'm excited to be on, especially with a legend like yourself, Gaz.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm a legend in my own lunchbox. That's uh, <laughs> that, that's what it is. Mate, we're going to get right into this because you, you don't have much time and, and really thank you for your your time today. So I know you're um, I I'm interested just to talk about Leppington Lions in the, the western side of Sydney where you're... you're and this is not about your playing career, but I'm really interested to how that developed because it's it's obviously a fairly small club. I think it is still a relatively small club. How how did you get in to begin and play and develop as a player at Leppington?
1: Yeah, well, I think um, I think a, a little little girl always looks up to a father, and um, for me, it was my dad uh, who played football. Um, and I remember going to to games and watching him play, and um, you always want to be like. Uh, like like your mum or dad, and and for me it was like dad playing football, and um, that was our local club. Um, I, we lived at Raby, which was just down the road from that. Um, but it was a small little club on a on a big piece of land. And um, dad used to play for Leppington, and then um, I, I remember him taking it taking me down to to sign up for the first time and get my football boots and and um, and get my shin pads. And on the fir- on the way to the the first game, he said, "Oh, we're playing at home uh, today." And I was really excited that everybody was coming to my place uh, to watch me play for the first time. So he said, "Oh no," he said, "No home," meaning uh, at at the at the venue where Leppington Lions Lyon, was. Um, but yes, yeah, so many fond memories. A, a club that was um, not a club with excessive amount of uh, kids playing as a family club. Um, Dad went on to be the president and treasurer and and, and whatnot and and play on a Sunday. So, um, look, really fond memories. And that's what sparked and kicked off um, my love for football and my passion. And I used to join in and, and train with the over 35 blokes. And I remember thinking, oh, I just can't believe how they can kick kick the ball over the bar. How can you do that? So, yeah, look, really fond memories. But um, yeah, that's the start of my journey.
0: Heather, it it said in the research that you essentially played with the boys from six through to about thirteen. Was that because there wasn't girl teams, or because you was you were developing so quickly they they accelerate you into the into the boys program?
1: Yeah, no, it wasn't. Um, certainly wasn't that I excelled. I, I was I was just a a little girl um with a really competitive nature. Um, initially played with the boys. There was a few girls um within the team uh, growing up, especially at Lippington Lions. Um my dad coaching me. Um, Basically, I just used to spend half the session doing laps of the field because I was a bit cheeky. Um, (laughs) But but yeah, I I just thought it was important playing with the boys. Um, I never thought of myself as um, someone that that would go on and and be successful. But the thing that I had, which I think is really important, is just the love and passion for it. I I used to practice in in the backyard all the time. So um yeah look it was it was um a big thing playing with the boys and I still believe that now to keep uh girls playing with the boys as much as possible because the boys have got plenty to learn from from us girls and girls have got plenty to learn from
0: the boys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay so then let's fast forward through a quick 130 games world cups asian cups uh, um for the Matildas and and look at coaching. So how how did you did you stumble into coaching? Did you dive into coaching? Did you attack it? Was it was it something that came easily? How did you get in?
1: Yeah, it was just um, it was natural. While, whilst I, um, I I played for the Matildas, um, obviously debuted at 16 years old. Um, I, I I began coaching at about 20 years old. I I, I had my own football academy um, when it wasn't so mainstream like it is now. Um, Back in uh, MacArthur, MacArthur Academy of Football, I was, I was in partnership with another guy. And look, I, di- I just did it when I was back in Australia. It was always six months in, in Australia and six months overseas. So um, it, it was just something that I love to do. It's, it's really nice to be able to, to coach and pass on your experience and, and what you've learned at the top um, to young kids and, and, and smiling kids. So that's, that's where it sort of started. And the, the natural progression for me um, and any, any former player would, would uh, vouch for this is you try to chase that feeling. And so for me, coaching was the next best thing. I, I certainly haven't got that feeling within coaching uh, playing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's very different. Heather, was that the time when you coached at Westfield High?
1: Yeah, um, that, it, yeah it was that time. It, it was always nice. Trevor Morgan obviously um, would embrace um, – Former alumni of um, of Westfield Sports High, and that gave me an opportunity to to coach there, um, especially in the mornings and and with the boys' program, and certainly some superstars out of the group that um yeah. that I, I I had um and we had at Westfield. So, um yeah, look, coaching was just it, football's in my blood, so it, it was a natural progression.
0: Yeah, and it, it, is it coaching? Is football coaching coaching? Whether you're coaching uh, the boys or the girls or the men or the women, is it is it the same game, same rules, same coaching?
1: Yeah, exactly. I I I don't tweak my coaching um, too much, uh, whether it's boys or girls. In fact, you get stuck into the boys a little bit more, or the men a little bit more. Um, <laughs> the girls you need to you need to um, give positive reinforcement to, which which is normal. That's that's just just how it is. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy, enjoy coaching both both boys and girls and men and women. I, I think um, there's there's great great different, I guess, things uh, for, for each one, and it's just seeing. Uh, Seeing uh, what makes them tick, and, and that, that's the great part about it. But yeah, it's it's just football in my mind.
0: Yeah, you had such a broad career, both here in Australia and overseas, in a number of different countries. We've mentioned already the, the World Cups, the Asian Cups, the Olympic Games, with a broader broader array of coaches. Who had the most significant you? Sorry, the most significance on you as a player, from a coaching perspective.
1: Yeah, that's um I've I've had many quality managers in 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 the past and um if I reflect I, it's it's really difficult to p- put my finger on one. Um if I can name a couple um and for different reasons and I guess um some are opposite reasons and 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 others are, are similar but I guess the first coach that I had at Westfield Sports High um was so strict, basically sergeant major and I think <laughs> people would know his name. His name is kelly cross and he taught me um, how to be disciplined he taught me you know to be dedicated to football and love football and 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 want to be the best and he taught me that doesn't matter if i'm i'm training with the boys or, or or whatnot and being the only girl um i can still be the best so he taught me some great things um he was really tough um but i love that um but then I become tough um, because that's what I was brought up on and, and become, you know, super aggressive and, 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 super tenacious um, within my, my playing style. And I was a bit of a wild child and, you know, didn't really like coaches telling me what to do at, at a young age. So then um, it was around, I think, 2003, 2004, um, that uh, a coach by the name of Tom Somati um, got appointed into the, the Matilda's role. And, um, that man has taught me uh, so much um, about life on and off the field, about um, how to get the best out of me. I still to this day um, believe even hopefully my husband is, doesn't hear this. <laughs> but he, he just knew he just knew what made me tick. I don't know why, um, but he used to he used to make me think that I was picking the team. <laughs> I'll never forget one of the world Cups I'm thinking. Is he really asking me who should start in the midfield? But it was his, his psychology and it's his way of um, getting buying from me and, and the way he managed me. I, I, you know, to this day respect him greatly. Um, such a great person, uh, great coach as well, but could get the best out of me. And you know what? Under him, I, I think I played every single minute of every game. Mm. And if there was any time that he was going to take me off, he wouldn't dare to um, but i'd pretend i'd pretend the crowd was too noisy or i couldn't possibly hear him
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love that it, it's really interesting that that tom who's a fantastic coach but, but but you know the the experience is just incredible with great success um, and you see him, and he's a really warm, friendly character. He's very sort of laconic and laid back. Um, uh, we've had conversations with stories with him, uh, you know, completing, completing the crossword puzzle in extra time during a, uh, an Asian Cup qualifying game. And he's got yep. that great capacity to relax people. Did yeah. any of that rub off on you? Because you're you're in there tough as nails. Let's get this done. I'm going to win regardless of all this. Did, did any of his style and manner rub off? Do you think in, in you in the way that you coach?
1: Yeah, most definitely. You, you as a, as a player, I'm sure all former players. Um, that convert to coaching, uh, look at different different coaches and go, yep, I'm certainly going to take that out of that coach. I really like that coach. That I certainly will not take take that out of. Um, so different traits you take out of. Yeah, I um, especially um, throughout the the journey of Canberra United, there's there was different moments that I'd always think to myself, what would Tommy do in this this situation, even though he had plenty more experience um, on me. But he's just he's just got this way about you, you mentioned it, relaxing people. You're in the middle of about to win the biggest tournament in Australian history. It's 2010 Asia Cup. It is absolutely pissing down with rain. <laughs> and we're about to go into a penalty shootout, the first silverware for football in Australia at a major tournament. And... He had to get, he said, we better hurry up with the penalty shootouts. We've got Wheel of Fortune um, back on at the hotel about 7 p.m. Um, so make sure you do a good job, guys, so we can get back and watch that. So to me, what kind of coach would do that? He's just absolute quality. So he's he, he in my mind, um, would, would find the best out of each individual. And um, he taught me about how you do get the best out of people. Um, and it's not one one size fits all. And um, yeah, he's, he's still a good friend of mine, absolute legend.
0: Love it. So what is coaching?
1: What is coaching? Coaching's about being able to educate um, players and help them understand about um, the wonderful game of football both on and off the field. Um, and it's about being able to influence um, players in a positive way so they can live their life um, and, football be part of it coaching isn't about coaching the best players and them wanting to make it to the top it's it's about um yeah it's about them falling in love with the game and and, and for them to to want to give back to the game like you are doing now Gary and like all of us have done in the past so it's just yeah it's it, it's a really nice um selfless uh hobby slash job
0: <laughs> very good You started coaching at a young age. Not everyone gets into coaching aged uh, around 20. Not everyone starts their own academy and then heads off to Westfield Sports High. Um, How has your coaching changed and developed, evolved over the journey?
1: Yeah, a lot, a lot. Um, Well, coaching for me, I'll I'll start off with um, probably the earliest memory of my coaching, which is um, my dad, who is a dictator. Um, so he'd be telling, telling us what to do constantly. Like I said to you, he used to tell me what to do um, at Lepping to Lions there and I wouldn't like it. So I'd obviously back chat and I'd be around the field, but it's um yeah, it, it's, it's not like that. And um, yeah, I, I just, I just think there's just a, just different, different ways. So I've, I've had to adapt and evolve because then I had Kelly Cross who has evolved much as as, as a coach as well. Um, but then I've had other coaches. So it, it's about I guess it's about trying to find and this is this is the biggest enjoyment I get out of coaching is trying to find what make 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 people tick and to try and find um, their their sweet spot to make them perform or help them perform um, e- either under pressure or, or within an environment. So they can flourish and yeah. they can realise their potential. So that's that's more, um, I think, uh, the style that I've I've gone down, even in my management style as well these days. It's it's more about not telling like a uh, like Dad used to do to me, um, but more about it's about helping them find um, their leadership skills and and them their self responsibility. And that's one thing. Um, one thing Tommy was was all about self responsibility. You'll hang yourself, he said. He used to say. <laughs>
0: So I like that. Let's dig down into that a little bit more. What does that what does that actually mean? Teaching them about leadership and self-responsibility? How do you go about yeah.
1: that? It's about well, um, you know, I, I had I had a few other national team coaches. You had um, you know, Adrian Santrak, which was a dictator, um, Chris Tansey, dictator, and then you had someone like a Tommy come in. That's all I knew that was um that, that it was more more dictatorship as opposed to someone who I'd run through brick walls for Tommy because I wouldn't want to disappoint him. So it's a completely different mindset. It's a completely different way in which you um, coach, but it's a way that um, really resonated with me um, as a footballer. And in turn, it, it made me flourish. So um yeah i I just i just think the different styles um different players are suited to different styles um but the best coaches in the world know the styles of each player and they know how to get the best out of those styles and for me even as a as a young coach i still um i still really feel there's there's a lot of development in that area um because there's some players i just i just haven't been able to get the best out of and it, it makes you stay up at night thinking how can i do this to be able to. Um, help them, but there's some players you just can't, and, and other players you really, you really can get the best out of. Um. And for me, at this early stage in my coaching, it was the players that had similar mentalities to me um, that I, I, would really, uh, that they would really flourish under under my leadership and my coaching.
0: You're listening to the Football Coaching Life podcast, brought to you by Football Coaches Australia and Making Media, the podcast people. We're talking today with um, a former. Matilda and uh, Canberra City assistant Matilda coach and and a legend of hundred and thirty games, the Matildas, Heather Garriock. Heather, I think I know. I might know the answer to this question, but just in case, do you have? Have you had a coaching mentor?
1: Yeah, I've had I've had many. Um, so I, I've spoken I've spoken about Tommy, who um, really, I, I guess he um he spent a long time uh, coaching me within the national team. But I'd probably have to say, um, in terms of a, a coaching mentor, especially throughout um my coaching, I would say Tommy was always there, but he was overseas and, and whatnot. So I would definitely say Alan Stadic. And um whilst we uh sometimes we didn't see eye to eye um when I was playing under him at, at Sydney F C and and um, you know, we <laughs> we um yeah, we have a we had a love hate relationship. <laughs> I actually see his side of things from a coaching point of view these days, and um, can see at the end of the day he only wanted the best out of me. Alan's got this um, this high expectation of his players. He's got a, a professional environment that that he 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 loves to lead by. Um, but the one thing Alan has is is empathy and care for his players, and um, he comes across as as really tough. Um, but he's a really fair coach, and being able to see him. Um, coached the Matildas. I, I was assistant coach of the Matildas within his time and also um, assistant coach of the young Matildas. But just seeing him um, help the Matildas um, go from 10th in the world to 4th in the world at one stage, it's to his credit. He's worked absolutely so hard. He's probably the hardest working manager Um I've ever seen and it's to his credit because he knew he wasn't a former professional player and he knew he had to work bloody hard to get to the top so um yeah his his trait certainly has been um really influential on on my coaching and um even even last night's match I I sent him a few uh, coaching points and he still still (laughs) still gives it to me so um yeah he 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 has really influenced my coaching
0: coaches from other sports influenced your coaching in any way
1: yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say two, two females in particular, um, which I, I really um, admire both of them um, for, for different reasons. Uh, Carrie Graff, who's um, used to coach the Opals and, and, and the Canberra Capitals basketball, um, pioneer of the sport, one of the highest profile coaches in, in Australia. Um, she's achieved so much and um, just her guidance and um she, breaking down barriers, uh, especially female coaches. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's been exceptional. And the other one who was kind enough to invite me into, into her national camp with open arms was Lisa Alexander, um, former Diamonds coach. Um, now another coach who's had to work bloody hard to, to get to the top and um, obviously recently um, not employed with the Diamonds, but in saying that her drive and tenacity and want and care for for her athletes i saw that firsthand mm. um within the camp so yeah a lot of influences and i think it's really important that, that you have mentors because without them um you're never going to get better and you, and the mentors that i have had and still have uh, to this day are uh, always uh pushing me out of my comfort zone um there's sometimes i don't like what they say and and, and um asked me to improve in different areas, but it's only helping me grow. And um, yeah, th- th- those two female coaches are, are really important and have been in my journey.
0: Oh, thanks. I'm going to test your memory a little bit here. Um, dur- during COVID and the the fantastic work that Football Coaches Australia did, ranging a <laughs> running a raft of webinars for, for coaches around the country that for a long periods of time weren't allowed anywhere near their players or their, their clubs or their teams. Um, Ernie Merrick was kind enough to... to Put on a presentation from 90 minutes he involved a couple of coaches from outside of our game and spoke and the the ex-co was sort of having a chat afterwards and you said I, I learned as much from Ernie in that 90 minutes as i think i've done on almost any coaching course i've ever been on i wonder whether you can remember that and if you can remember what sort of what it was that 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 struck home for you
1: yeah of course i can remember it ernie's a, an absolute legend of the game and um I was really disappointed when I heard um, that he got appointed as as the Matildas coach, I think, back um, just after the Olympic Games around 2001, um, it was he was going to be the Matildas coach and next thing you know, who knows, something political no doubt happened and he was no longer the coach. Um, But again, within that workshop, um, this is a man that has had so much experience, been at different clubs, um, had had the exceptional amount of um, achievement within that Newcastle Jets team a couple of years ago. And he still continued to stay humble. And I remember speaking to him after the game. He, he, he didn't know who, who I was. I went up to him. But just his humbleness is, is exceptional. But within that presentation, um, he gave valid um, scenarios that were real-life scenarios within his coaching fraternity. He gave um, examples. He gave... Real life video, his experience to questions being answered, um, the amount of knowledge um, that he had with, within that—not just him, but um, also Smudger as well, Ronnie Smith, who's, who's just full of um, so much information. So yeah, I, I learned so much because um, there's one thing about reading textbooks and and reading books and sitting in front of a PowerPoint, but there's another thing uh, listening to it firsthand um, with somebody that's been there and done that, and and that's where. I was really inspired. I'm I'm not too big on sitting there reading textbooks. I wasn't at school and I still aren't now, um, but yeah, it, it's it's people like that who should be presenting our courses. It's people like that who we should should be inspiring to be like one day. It's people like that who we need to pick their brain mm. and allow their their video or their their knowledge um, onto our courses and FCA to put on the amount of seminars that they did throughout the COVID period. Um, an organisation, which I'm very proud to be part of, um, needs to be congratulated and, and hopefully the returns will come because it's, um, it, it's uh, trailblazers and pioneers like Glen um that work so hard, um, that ha- have been doing such a great job to, to want to benefit the coaches. So, yeah, look, so many fantastic coaches on in that, in that time and learnt so much
0: you're listening to the football coaching life a podcast brought to you by football coaches australia and making media the podcast professionals today's today's guest is heather Garrick. heather moving on you you're as a as a young coach that's already experienced some good success you've moved out of coaching football and i'm going to say you're still a coach because you you picked up the role of ceo of taekwondo australia um my opinion leadership at whether it's inside or outside of sport is very very similar i'm wondering whether firstly congratulations on being appointed i think that's a a fantastic appointment and very wise from taekwondo australia i I read a piece about the chairman looking at how they value your uh, experience in the high performance world uh, and really value that for them as an organization but uh, but obviously you care about everyone loving whatever game it is and and you know the importance of grassroots football do you, do you see yourself as the coach of of Taekwondo Australia?
1: Yeah, the the, the similarities, um, the the transfer within sports and, and and whatnot is 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 unbelievable. I've just had meetings today and it's meetings with with staff, and it, it's no different to having meetings with players. To be honest, it's it's about trying to trying to find uh, what makes them tick and trying to get the best out of them so they can perform um, at a, at a, at an optimal level. So within this situation, it's not game day, um, but it's within the business side of things. And look, I'm really enjoying um, being out of football um, because I've never been out of football um, ever in my life and and being involved in in a sport that's completely different. It's a martial art, um, but it's more about um, there's a massive challenge there, a massive challenge awaiting, it, and that's to develop and, and business develop um, this, this small organization that um that needs a revamp and i can just see so much improvement Mm. and um there's so many elements that um i can transfer from football the professional side of football uh into taekwondo because for me as a former former athlete or former footballer and former coach to me the norm is just professional and this is why i can i i know i can take this organization to the next level so it's been really enjoyable. It's hard work. It's bloody not like coaching. Um, I'd give anything to be back on the football field. Um, you, you're free in your mind. You're free in your world. But um, I'm just loving the challenge and, and really really um, passionate about wanting to do well within this organisation because it's got got plenty to do.
0: Yeah. Well, good 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 luck with it. We know we know um, you've you've always won games and scored goals, so there's no reason that that won't continue. Um, I just want to sort of go sideways a little bit. Uh, th- this is for me, but I think it's important that, that people understand this. When I looked at your career, I know you played your first game for the Matildas when you were 16 uh, in, in 1999. Yeah. Had an incredible career over about 13 years through. Um, I looked at to- Tom Somani. I think probably most of your caps were Tom. Hesterine, yeah. there was a couple there. Adrian Santrak, Chris Tansey. Um, yeah. I'm not sure about Stadge at the end. Did you, did, did you play games with Stadge at the end or not?
1: No, not not in, as, as a Matildas coach. No, no, it wasn't. I was uh, unfortunately pregnant with my um, my second daughter, and he uh, he got appointed. So I would love to play under stage. and in fact he he um, would have welcomed me with open arms um, for sure. So um, no, I didn't play under stage.
0: So this is the in doing that I was trying to work out how many games you'd sort of played under each coach, and I knew Tom Tommy um, would have would have been the most. And I started to look at individual games, and you know, looking where your name came up and who you played and who you scored against. And then I realised there were there were sort of these long periods where you weren't playing. And I was like, "Well, did the coaches not like to leave her out?" And then the light came on. Oh, yeah, she did actually have have two children along the way here, which yeah. you know, for, for for blokes that play the game, we just play. If you if you're injured, you miss a few games and you come back. I, I'm just really curious to see how. How much of a challenge that is to do as a professional athlete and how much yeah. of a challenge is it, or is it a challenge for coaches to, to, to manage that? Obviously a, a, a fantastic thing to happen. We're all, all blessed with beautiful children. We want to see the bit. you know, how does that work in a professional environment? And that's probably what I meant to say. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, well, as a player, I'll break it up into, to, to, to being a player, um, Look, if if you're having a baby and and you're on the US national team, then, you know, you don't miss a beat. You get the infrastructure, you get the support. You had the child policy in place. You have the baby. A couple of months after, you're back rehabbing um, as you do and you're back on the football field within three to six months and the baby comes away with you and there's nannies and and, and whatnot and um, you can be a mother and you can be a professional footballer. That's an ideal world. Um, I was part of the Australian national team, no policy no, um, no room um, within the that current national coach Hesterina didn't want to support me being a mother and 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 a footballer at the same time. So, that's I guess the nuts and bolts of um, two organisations: one that had infrastructure and support in place, and one that just didn't um, and couldn't be bothered to to put that on the radar as being something important. And in fact, Football Australia could have been um, the pioneers within the the um, women's sport and and and. Uh, child policy, but they chose not to. So that's basically up to them. So that's where that went. The child policy is great now, which I'm really pleased to see. And and, and as we saw, we've, we've got Matilda's um, coming out uh, pregnant and no doubt they'll be supported. So that's really well done. That makes me really pleased. Um, from a coaching point of view, um, <clears throat> it's not easy. It's not easy. Having a, having a couple of kids, um, being a WLE coach, not getting paid, um the remuneration you should be getting paid, having to work long hours, having to put your your, your children in in child care, not having husband at home because he's basically supporting your, your your hobby of coaching. Look, it's it's bloody tough. And um, if we're in a um a, a, a career like uh, being a lawyer, it's it's easy. Or being just being a. a, a Part of the, the government here in Canberra, it's much easier. You get support, you get all the benefits. You don't get that as, as, a, um, as a coach. And, and that's where I think my story links to being a, a, a footballer um, back in the day when I didn't get supported as a, as a, um, as a footballer. And I think coaching is very similar. Whilst uh, when I had my third child, I was pregnant um, as a Canberra United coach. I was able to take the baby to training. Um, I had, had a really good boss that was was happy um, to to for me to work both, which made me happy and made me more relaxed. So um, yeah, look, it's it's about finding that happy medium. And um, here at FCA, I, I I know we're working hard um, in that area to be able to support not just coaches but um, mothers and coaches and and all different types. So I think it's important that that we recognise, um, you know uh male coaches are going to be different to female coaches and we need to accommodate however we can because having more coaches within our country um it only benefits um our footballers so yeah look there's there's different there's different challenges um but within those challenges um you've got to find positives out of the challenges and i've found many positives i, I wouldn't change things for the world i love being a former former matilda back in the day not earning much but Absolutely loving it and playing for the jersey, and loving the mates that I've learned along the way, and and still best mates. Um, and coaching as well is being able um, to for my kids to jump the fence and want to want to cut a laugh for the game. So, yeah, look, plenty plenty of great memories, and um, no doubt I'll be I'll be on the coaching uh, coaching <laughs> field at some stage in my career again.
0: So, why do you do it? Why do you coach?
1: Yeah, that's that. That's a that's a question I used to ask myself. It's a it's a it's a hard it's a hard hard gig. It's a lonely it's a lonely job. It's a job where um, when things are great, the players are great, and when when things aren't great, the coach is shit. <laughs> but um, yeah, you you coach because you wanna you wanna um, pass on, um, give back, um, help, um, inspire. Um, do, do what some of the past coaches that have done for me, um, because some of my greatest mentors are, are my former coaches and, and they impact my life dramatic, dramatically. And without those coaches, um, I wouldn't be standing here today. So um, yeah, it's more about um, those next generation and, and the smiles on their faces. That's why I coach.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for sharing that. The, as a coach, um, you mentioned before about Alan Stadjic that that um, got into elite coaching. He got to coach the Matildas via via Sydney and all the work he'd done previously. But because he didn't have an elite playing career, he didn't make that transition that, that I was fortunate enough to be able to do and you were fortunate enough to be able to do. And then there's people like, like that where you finish playing and essentially you rolled straight into a role um, with Sydney Uni in the... WNPL, yeah. got to get that right, and had a, had a terrific progression because I think you finished fourth maybe in your first season, third in the second season, but won the championship. And then in the third season yeah. in 2016, you won the treble preseason cup, the, the championship and the premiership. Incredible pathway yeah. and journey. Transitioned into Canberra United um, and didn't have that same success. Sorry about this, long story. <laughs> Uh, wondering how how you adjusted to that and how important is it for coaches to develop resilience on their journey?
1: Yeah, I I think that's a fabulous analysis, um, Gaz, because um, the majority of my playing career was very positive. I I had very little injuries and um, if you ask anybody about uh, me as a person, they would say Heather's Heather's a winner and her winning mentality is her point of difference. So going from... um, playing for the Matildas to coaching Sydney University. It, it took a bit of planning and it took a bit of um, help from, from my dear friend and, and coaching director and mentor, um, John Curran there. Um, but we began, began to win and winning was, you know, based on my emotional state, even as a player, is when you won, you're happy. When you don't win, you're not happy. So it, it, it makes you reflect as a person and it's basically your identity. Going to Canberra United, um, I had big expectations of a young coach and um, winning was everything to me and the first year first time we hadn't made this the finals for a while it was a big reflection year i learned a lot from that first year tried to tweak things the second year again we didn't make finals and i started to doubt um, myself as a coach and tried to like i said I, I went into camp with the diamonds i tried to find mentors out of football trying trying to develop my skills um to be the best i could um but it was tough there was a lot of soul searching and i would say it's probably probably the darkest times within my football um journey i'd say and um, managing players and big personalities and and um you know having an organization that um wanted to support you but just didn't have the the the, the, the resources to do that and swallow all i had big expectations it just wasn't it just wasn't real. Um, so yeah, and then then I went into the third season. And look, I I understood it as a results-based business, but um, I tried to really believe in myself um, that third season and and really try and change my style. In which I did. The culture and and whatnot was was outstanding. And um, there was just just a few different key things that that, that just didn't go right within that third season. Um, but I really and truly believe um, getting sacked from Cambrian Iron whilst Canberra Diner don't like to say I got sacked. Well, I did. And they say that they didn't renew my contract, which is bollocks. Um, I really feel that that's really shaped me as a person. I took a few months off and really reflected about life. And, and, and what I did is that, that three years at Canberra United, um, I took personally and I took um, those losses um, were, were my fault and those losses um, I'm not a very good coach and I constantly doubted myself. I had so much media um, scrutiny and what, whatsoever. But um, it's not it's not who I am um, because I I, I I failed and didn't make uh, finals. There were so many fantastic positives that I could draw from it. And within those positives, I'm sitting here being CEO of Australian Taekwondo. And it was about me detaching um, what I did to who I am and um it was in actual fact it was an email from the boss at Optus Sports that actually made me um realize that whatever you do in life it's not who you are and I separated that and I began to spend time with my family and just get myself back and my confidence back as a person and um and yeah look I've I've revitalized things and Um, you know, still coach one day a week at at my football academy. I I coach um, young elite athletes and elite footballers here in Canberra because I love it. And they start to laugh because I say, oh, this is my favourite, favourite day of the year. Oh, favourite, favourite morning of uh, of the week, sorry. Um, So yeah, so that was, um, it it was a tough period. But I think I needed to go through that because it'd been very, I, I hadn't in my career had to go through many, many, obstacles um, not like some other um, footballers Uh, but yeah I think that was a big learning curve
0: thanks for opening up and sharing that I I heard something the other day that um, um, that I just loved that failure isn't the opposite of success it's actually a part of the journey Uh, and that that just rang so true you know just listening to you there probably fair to say that you learned more in those three years at Canberra United than you did learn as a coach at sydney university because we don't necessarily learn a lot when we win and we don't necessarily analyze as much when we win because the feeling is is just so good so thanks for sharing that i I really really appreciate that um what have you been your most enjoyable moments as a coach
1: um uh, seeing seeing young players succeed um yeah seeing young players succeed and 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 i'll mention a, a player like ellie carpenter um you know, this kid obviously went to the Olympic Games in in Rio as a as a young 16 year old. She come back, and there's nothing worse than going to the Olympics as a 16 year old because I could almost um, I, I could almost see myself um, after those games the biggest come down ever. Um, you know, having to be at a young Matildas uh, tournament in China uh, for qualification, and I just remember sitting on the bed and and seeing young Ellie. She was broken uh, mentally and phys- physically. And it was a player like her that I just um, I, I loved mentoring. I loved her tenacity. I loved her drive. Um, so seeing her succeed now, I, I can't be any more prouder. Um, she's she's an absolute superstar on the world stage, and it's to her credit. But being able to contribute to that um, from a from a now a friend's point of view to to a coach, um, outstanding. But even even young girls that that haven't made it on the world stage, but young girls uh, that have um, made it in life and careers and and have said what impact I've had, um, not just on them as a footballer, but on them as a person. I, I think they're the greatest memories, to be honest.
0: You're listening to The Football Coaching Life, podcast brought to you by Football Coaches Australia and Making Media, the podcast people. Today's guest is Heather Garriuk. Heather, you put us on a time constraint today because you're, um, you're taking your children to Taekwondo, uh, as you need to do, clearly, as the CEO of Taekwondo Australia, most important. So a couple of questions to go. What are, what are the, some of the valuable lessons you've learned as a coach?
1: Um, the less, the, the, the big, the big takeaway from me is, is, um, is emotional stability. Um, you, you, didn't have to have it as a player, in my opinion, um, if you wanted to be emotional, you could do that on the field and, and you'd sort of almost get away with it because you could sort of make up for it, um, throughout other periods of the game. Um, but yeah, definitely a, a emotional stability. Um, but you spoke about the word resilience. As a coach, um, man, you have to be resilient because i tell you what, your name gets smashed through the media left, right and centre. And not only that, if you don't pick the players that that um, that think they should be getting picked, then you're not their, their best friend either. So, um, yeah, those things. Um, but being true to yourself is is one big thing that I really value. And, and throughout my football journey and my coaching journey, I've always been true to myself and always, um, you know, stood up for what I believe in. Um, whether it's me or other things, so um, yeah, I, I can go to sleep at night um, smiling that that yeah I'm, I'm I'm very a very genuine person and, and someone that says what she thinks, um, but very rarely a, an agenda from me.
0: I can vouch for that, having had the pleasure of working alongside you for the past 12 months. So what does <laughs> success look like?
1: Yeah, success. Um, if you asked me that ten years ago, I would say winning medals on a podium, winning the World Cup. Um, success looks like for me is um being surrounded by your family and for your family being proud of you um, for what you do and what you've done for them, and having a career that you really enjoy and and you thrive off and and passionate about wanting to wanting to go to work every day. Um, but yeah, I think the the foundation of my success is 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 my family. Um, and contributing to their happiness and, and um, wanting to make them proud, just the same as what I said at the start of the, the conversation about wanting to make my dad and mum proud um, as a young five- or
0: six-year-old. Oh, I'm sure you did that in buckets, in spades. Yeah. <laughs> All right, final questions. Put you on the spot here. One yep. piece of wisdom that you could share with coaches, whether they're young coaches or old-experienced old coaches, what's one piece of wisdom that you'd, you'd like to pass on?
1: Yeah, you never know everything, and um, regardless of what experience you've got or you've had, or where you've played, or if you're a former player or whether you're a new coach, you can learn from everybody. Absolutely everybody, and that's what I love about coaching. I love that um, people have had their different journeys, and um, I've learned some of the most amazing things and and some of some of the biggest lessons um, from coaches um, from all walks of life so yeah open open your minds um, and the more you open your mind as a coach uh, the better you'll be because you can learn everything and anything from everybody
0: what a great place to finish it Heather Garriott uh, on behalf of Football Coaches Australia and Gaza thank you very much we've appreciated your time today
1: from one Gaz to another <laughs> <laughs> thanks uh, guys
0: uh, thanks Heather If you'd enjoyed today's podcast or want to learn more about Football Coaches Australia, please go to www.footballcoachesoz.org.au. If you add forward slash memberships, you can learn about how to get a membership Football Coaches Australia or how to renew your membership. You have a great day.